0: Welcome to the Striving for Revival Radio Broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, I'm looking forward to getting deeper into Romans chapter 5, and I don't know about you, but I sure have enjoyed the truth that has been set before us in this fifth chapter of Romans. All of this talk about justification is enough to make a Christian smile on a rainy day. I don't care where you're at in life or what you're facing. You think about the fact you are justified, won't see hell, won't taste hell, can't touch hell, never experience hell, but get to spend forever with the Lord Jesus Christ because of justification. That'll make you shout. That'll make you rejoice. That'll make you glad to be born again. Now we're going to get into this chapter, but before we do, let me remind you as I often do, if you have missed any of these studies, I want you to to get them that way you and I can stay uh, on pace together. So go to wherever you get your podcast and become a subscriber to Striving for Revival. Now, just go to the podcast place, wherever it is, and type in Striving for Revival, and that gives you access to all of our uh, previous uh, Bible studies. They're all archived there, and you can listen and re-listen, and that way you don't ever miss a single thing. I want you to, to take advantage of that, if you will, and that'll help you as you study along with me. Now, the Apostle Paul in this chapter, under inspiration of God, is explaining to us our justification. Our justification is not by works. He makes it plain in the very first verse. It is by faith, our faith in Christ, our faith in the gospel. We are made right with God, justified by faith. We are saved by grace through faith. That's right. Abraham believed God, and it was counted in him for righteousness. So it is not what I do. It is done. It is finished. It is not do, do, do. It is done, done, done. It is nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Paul emphasizes that when he says we were without strength. We had no ability. We had no means. We had no way. There is nothing that we could have done, nothing that we can do that could earn merit or yield salvation in our life. No, we were without the ability. So right on schedule, right on time, Christ came, and he died for us. But not just does it say us, it says he died for the ungodly. He explains what we are, 100% without God, totally at odds with God, anti-God, godless is what we were. And even though we were ungodly, Christ died for us. And then he makes the the application, or he gives us an illustration. He says, a man who is righteous, you might have one or two die for him. They'd say, I'll give my life for a righteous man. A good man, he said, maybe you'd have five to ten that would want to die for a good man. He said, but how many of you would want to die for a murderer? How many of you would want to die for a drunkard? How many of you would die for a a racist, a terrorist, a liar, a cheat, a steal, a whoremonger? I mean, just the refuse, the base of society. Well, you'd find none. Oh, yes, but there's one. But God committed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he's saying, Jew, you had nothing good in yourself. Gentile, you had nothing good or godly in yourself. And even though you were 100% at odds, at enmity with God, he died for you in that. You weren't good. You weren't righteous. You were flat out ungodly. Now, in verse number nine, a great verse. It's a verse that pairs the previous eight verses with the following in the chapter. Much more then, he's saying, now because of that, here's blessing on top of blessing here's something bigger than what we've gotten before it goes along with it but it's even better than what we've read much more than being now justified we are justified thank god by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him all right so because of our justification The shed blood of Jesus Christ, having formed the foundation of our justification, we have this promise we shall be saved from wrath through him. Wrath, anger, wrath, punishment, wrath, the uh, judgment of God. So the judgment of God has been taken away, appeased, the uh, sentence has been announced, not guilty. So it's referring to the wrath of God's judgment upon sin. John 3, verse 16 through 18 speaks of this, that when you're saved that the condemnation of God has been removed from your life. Some great verses. You know the story. Nicodemus had come to Christ, and he's asking him about being born again. And we follow up that John 3, 16 <clears throat> statement when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And we read that one, and we quote it often, and that's a great verse. But the verses following give us some great truth. It says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that he through the world— but through." but that the world through him might be saved. And now here's our verse, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. That means, thank God, it's gone. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So think about that. The wrath of God has been appeased in that one who's put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It talks about it uh, uh, there in John chapter six, but then y'all, or John chapter three, sorry, verse number sixteen following. But then we go down to verse thirty-six. John pins this: He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. But our promise is this, since we have been justified by his blood, we've been saved from wrath. His wrath has been pulled away. His wrath has been appeased. His wrath has been pacified. Thank God we have peace with God. We have been reconciled. Thank God we have propitiation, if you will, that satisfaction of the payment due for our sin in Christ, justified by his blood because of justification we are saved from judgment i don't have to worry about hell i don't have to wonder about heaven i don't have to bite my fingernails or birth an ulcer in my belly i don't have to hang on endure or hope so i can rest assured anchored with faith knowing that i'm saved and set for heaven why i've been justified by the blood of jesus christ verse 11 and not only so but we also joy in god Through our lord jesus christ by whom we have now received the atonement this is the only mention of atonement in the new testament so this is the conclusion of what we've read so far there's a lot of words here we need to notice we are referred to as enemies so ungodliness and sin this allegiance to the world makes one an enemy of god at enmity at odds with god anti-god Secondly, even though we are anti-God, God God has reconciled us, brought us together to himself by the death of his son. So God has reconciled us even as enemies to himself through Christ. It's the only way to be brought back to God is through Christ. He's our daysman. He's our bridge. He's our go-between. Our reconciliation to God was initiated and accomplished by him, not us. So it tells us he loves us. He has mercy on us. He shows us grace. He's long-suffering god is good it presumes that we are helpless without strength right we have no way to merit salvation we deserve his wrath we have earned his judgment so if the death of christ has formed the basis of us being reconciled to god how much more shall his life form the basis of our salvation so what's implied is the resurrection of our lord Guarantees our salvation. It's the basis of our ongoing salvation because He lives. I can face tomorrow because He lives. Thank God I can press on because He lives. I've hope beyond the grave. Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? Right, Jesus Christ rose, triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. And because He ever liveth, I know I'll live forever with Him. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. It's an ongoing salvation. I am saved. I'm being saved. I'm perpetually, eternally saved of everlasting life. As long as Jesus lives, I'll live. As long as Jesus is alive, my salvation is going to last. So there's the security of the believer. You're listening to me today, and you're worried about salvation. You say, I I know I've made a profession before, but I I just don't know if I'm still saved now. You'll be as saved as long as Jesus Christ is alive. That's right. You're saved. It says right here in our Bible verse, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement thank god we're reconciled we shall be saved by his life atonement you can sum it up like this at one mint at one with god we're brought back into fellowship with him because of all the implications and facets of justification we have joy in god we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of god it is good to be saved it is good to be justified this bible chapter so rich in doctrinal truth make sure you don't miss next broadcast as we dive deeper into romans chapter 5 but until then let's pray for revival thank you for joining us today for striving for revival with justin cooper assistant pastor at north valley baptist church in santa clara california listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival